the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Live from Northern California, it's Lifeline with Jesse Gastan. He's the host of Way of Grace, a pastor and a community leader. He's a teacher and an inspiration. He's Lifeline's own Jesse Gastan. And I want to welcome you to another Monday edition of Lifeline. Glad to have you in the house with us on this Monday, March 30th, 2020. In spite of everything that's going on, time is flying still. And uh, I guess we'll get through it, won't we? I want to talk call it one eight three seven. Five three two nine one triple eight three six seven five three two nine to reach yours truly on this Monday edition of Lifeline. Thank you for listening. I guess what we can do is probably talk a little bit about the coronavirus update. You know, I mean, since we're all consumed by it, we're all inundated by it. It's something that we just have to deal with. Probably going to be supporting you in terms of how how that should go in terms of um, you know are you handling it well? Um, something you are able to work through and, uh, and deal with. Just kind of waiting for that for my airplane music to mellow down. There we go. There we go. Sounds good. Nice slow landing. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine one triple eight three six seven. Five three two nine, the number to reach yours truly. Um, if you want to chat, got some Bible questions, some theological issues, some personal, spiritual, or psychological issues. If this is bothering you as it is, a number of people and bringing them into a kind of uh, personal assessment. Are they going crazy? Are they losing their mind? Um, as for me, I'm, I'm really trying to abide by the uh, shelter for cover. Um, and uh, make sure that I don't uh, intentionally or through lack of discipline or respect for uh, our political uh, and governmental policies get contaminated and contaminate someone else. But at the same time, I'm not. I'm not becoming claustrophobic. I'm not becoming uh, so uh, shut in that I don't get out and get some air expose myself to the inheritance we have in California called vitamin D. In fact, um, I'm just coming from a, uh, let's see, about a two and a half hour walk. Uh, my wife and I uh, in the Castro Valley Hills, Chabot Park, if you will. They got a ton of trails back there. And so I had a great walk today. I hope you've done something of that nature too, to kind of abide the time. Beyond that, what I've been doing is spending a lot of time um, addressing people's issues. As a pastor, you know I would do that. Doing a whole lot more of that email-wise. Um, 
some phone calls. We did, I don't know about you guys, but we did have um, a number of members in our congregation to actually contract the virus, not a whole lot, two or three, um, and uh, we did have one, um, if our information is correct, that actually passed from uh, coronavirus. So this is not something that we are taking lightly, and I hope you don't as well. I'm sure you've heard it ad nauseum. Um, if you are older and within that risk level for coronavirus where your life is in jeopardy, make sure that you do not, do not compromise your health by exposing yourself to careless people or at-risk people. Just don't do it. Don't do it. It appears that the doctors, uh, the experts have gotten it right in terms of the impact of this virus on certain types of people. The younger people are able to contract it and then get over it fairly well, fairly quickly, but older people are having a very difficult time. Apparently, this is a virus that gets into your lungs and you have bronchial problems, uh, breathing problems, asthmatic problems, whatever the case may be along those lines, and that's not good for older people. And we would certainly encourage any of you out there to make sure that if you are in that category of at-risk persons, just stay in. Don't don't uh, don't don't expose yourself to it. Don't let yourself be put in a position where people that you even care about, um, uh, you know, uh, touch you or embrace you. Um, and you know that they have been out and about with all kinds of other persons, people, etc. Just just hold on, because in a few weeks we'll have a real clear picture of where we are much better much better than where we are right now even though we're kind of moving in in the, in the right direction so let me give you some stats um just to kind of uh set the set the context um last week what i did was basically on monday let you know that we were somewhere around 500 people plus who died in america between new york and california from the virus by last friday that number had reached um, about 1,700 people last Friday. So from Monday to Wednesday, it doubled. And from Wednesday to Friday, it doubled again. It went from 500 to 1,000, from 1,000 to 1,700. And today, today, uh, throughout America, we have, uh, we have 2,602 people uh, known cases of people who have died, 2,602. That's, that's a far, far larger number from 500 last Monday. Now, that may not be alarming to you, but if you were to take the trajectory of those numbers by a week, in one week we had 1,500 people more die from last Monday to now. 1,500 more. If we take 1,500 people more a week, and we do that for three months, then yeah, this is a very impactful uh, virus. Particularly if we don't uh, if we don't catch it, curb it, and stop it, arrest it by all of the necessary uh, measures that we are engaging in at present. So we don't want to take this lightly. One of the other things that the experts are saying is that you know we might very well uh, reach a plateau this time around and. Sure, the president and other people want us to go back to business as normal because of the catastrophic impact that this is making on on um, 
on the economy. And uh, we all ought, ought to be praying for a normalcy with regards to that because people need to work. People have to make uh, a living. People have to pay bills. And that is an understatement on so many levels. So, yeah, this is this is problematic for America, for sure. Uh, and so we want to be sympathetic to uh, to those who are really hit really bad. But what we cannot do is act like this is just the common cold because it's not. It doesn't contract that way. It doesn't impact that way. And, and some of the doctors say even after we curb and try to go back to normal, all that's going to do is open the door for uh, the uh, acceleration of it in another way. And the next thing you know, you've got, you know, groups of people who are who were used to now being separated to some degree coming back together, for instance congregations. This has impacted congregations, no doubt. We uh, we don't get to fellowship. It's been two weeks now that we haven't been able to fellowship in our uh, congregation. We're a moderate-sized congregation of about 700 people plus, and we just don't get to fellowship. Um, uh, and and that, that is impactful. We, we really do need to see each other. We need to touch each other. We need those endorphins. We need... Um, all of those good uh, physiological vibes that go with healthy relationships in the context of being near people and talking to people and engaging people. But we have to be careful right about now to make sure that we can meet in the middle. And one of the ways we can meet in the middle is do what we're doing now using the, the resources of Internet and radio and uh and YouTube and uh, computers to uh, engage each other. I'm, I'm talking with you right now from home because of the methodology by which we can engage our, our studios without contaminating one another at the KFAX studios. And I can talk with you guys. So um, this is a very good thing in that regard, although we really do. We really, really, really do want to get back to normal. And so, yeah, from uh, last Monday, 500 to this week, 2,600. And uh, as uh, you know, that's that's in America now in uh, in California, 129 of our Californians have uh, have have passed. That's 129. And that's that's up again from uh, from two uh, two weeks ago uh, and from last week. So we don't want those numbers to go up into the thousands. We don't want uh, to say that California had to endure um, you know, 500 people dying or a thousand people dying. We really don't. We know the numbers are going to go up. We don't want them to. You shouldn't want them to, and neither do I. So, what we'll do is we'll continue praying and uh, praying and striving to be both safe and cautious until we can get this virus under control. I hope that works for you. Secondly, um, worship. Worship for the people of God, critically important for those of us who are aware um, that um, that that is an important uh, criteria uh, for all of us. Uh, for us, uh, worship has been extremely good. I hope it has, uh, you know, for you also, even though you're, uh, you know, listening and watching on the web. I hope that it has be, become something by which you can still see God blessing your soul, ministering to you. We're preaching from uh, from uh, Tuesday nights through Sunday four times. Uh, very challenging. I love it. Um, it reminds me of the kind of circuit preaching that I would do when I'm when I would go on mission trips. We go to Jamaica. We go to Africa, uh, Mexico, 
different places. And in those countries, when the missionaries came in, uh, great. Uh, those when those countries uh, open up the doors for us to come in. Hey, they wanted us to preach four or five times a day. So sometimes we'd preach in one little town and then drive to another town and preach and then preach again in the evening. These are called circuit preachers, often uh, under the Wesleyan uh, preaching system. The pastor on horseback would go to one community, preach for 45 minutes or an hour. Then he would ride off 20 minutes, 30 minutes to another community, preach there, do that all day long, get back home in the evening after having preached to six or seven communities. He'd do that three times a week. So quite frankly, Church of the Living God, wherever you are, if you're listening to me, we have had it way better than good for decades. Some of us have never, ever really experienced the, the ardor of the church of the living God in terms of uh, executing the mandate to preach the gospel all around the world um, every day. In some communities, it was every day. The apostles preached every day. They preached daily from house to house the good news of the grace of God in Jesus Christ, expounding scripture and building up the saints. So I, I do want to continue to encourage all of you to understand that this is a time to do it. Um, just having great conversations with men and women who finally have been able to reflect on how God can take a bad thing relatively bad thing, difficult thing, and make it an opportunity for all of us to do some spiritual reassessment, spiritual prioritizing, spiritual analysis. And this is important. Think about it. If you are free to hear the word of God every day um, because we are shut in and you don't have the capacity in your spirit to do it, that's, that's good to know because you're in trouble. When you can't sit and listen to a message every day or study the word of God every day, when you're free to do it, not, 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 not talking about when you're working and got to pay the bills and you're exacerba uh, exacerbated because you're tired, totally understand that. But when you're free to do it, when you can listen late at night, early in the morning or in the middle of the day and you don't spend that time with God, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. You want to make sure that you don't... Um, you don't neglect recognizing what you are. You want to be able to keep that temperature. You want to be able to keep uh, keep an awareness of um, of uh, your 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 parameters, your capacity. We all have a capacity, saints. It's called a measure. Romans chapter twelve. God has given us a measure of faith, and I've taught this before. Your measure, your measure of faith, your proportion of faith can grow to the degree that you're hungry for it to grow. It's like anything. Anything you want to get better at, you have to be willing to discipline yourself fully and uh, and intentionally for that to occur. And I, I, I would encourage you to do that. When we come up out of this coronavirus thing and get back to our normalcy of worship, some of us are going to be extremely aware of the privilege of coming out and being together with the people of God. That is going to change our our perspective on worship is going to make us much more appreciative of our God and the Sabbath principle of resting in worship and celebrating the redemptive work of Christ accomplished for our sins is going to cause us to thank God for normalcy. I've been teaching it on this program, as you know, for decades, the normalcy factor that we can every day go to bed 
and generally don't have to worry about waking up in the middle of the night because of intruders or bombs or uh, war uh, mongers trying to destroy us like many countries in the world where people don't have any idea of what it is to go to bed every night almost your whole lifetime and never worry about those kinds of things or have a job or be able to go to your cabinets and find food. These are blessings of normality for which we ought to be extremely thankful for God. to God. And what you do with that, saints, is you learn how to give out of that normalcy fullness in return. You give financially, you give in terms of your time, you give in terms of your gifts and talents, you give in terms of worship. As God expects that back. He's put you into the harvest of his blessing to cultivate his field of grace and mercy and goodness to the whole world through the gospel. And he's blessed you materially in order to enjoy life. And the sun is shining. The weather's great. This is the day that the Lord has made. We should be glad, rejoice in it and thank him and then do the things that he calls us to do. Give him glory in all these capacities. I've got three lines open. one 367 Love to hear from you about what you're doing, how you're doing, how you're holding up. Let's kind of create um, a potpourri, uh, some gumbo, some menudo, if you want to, uh, on this Monday edition of Lifeline. I'll answer your questions urgent or... Um, uh, just simple ones. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. I've got three lines open. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. I'm going to take a break. When we come back, we will take your phone calls on the Monday edition of Lifeline. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. All right, we're back. The time five twenty five on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Three lines open. One triple eight. 3675329 Jared C. Wilson said the severe mercy of a stay-at-home order. The severe mercy of a stay-home at a stay-at-home order. I guess his article is really speaking to what I'm saying, or at least trying to get at, you know, in terms of uh, investigating whether or not you're doing well with this. Here's what Jared says. Like many other jurisdictions, the Kansas City Metro is about one week into a 30-day stay-at-home order in an effort to flatten the curve on the COVID-19 spread. Like many others, doing their best to obey the order, I've been stuck at home and trying to overcome my technological incompetence to maintain my meetings, teach my students, and otherwise conduct some semblance of business as usual. Apparently, he's a teacher. A friend texted me yesterday to ask how I was holding up in light of my recent episodes of anxiety and the like. My answer was somewhat surprising even to me. As an introvert, I suppose I'm able to take the don't go anywhere mandate better than a lot of others can. But as I contemplate what I've needed to do in order to subdue the anxiety within me, I realize it has little to do with not worrying about the virus or its effect. Don't get me wrong. I think I'm appropriately concerned about that. We sent our daughter back to college in Pennsylvania, and while I think it was the right decision or else we wouldn't have made it, I pray for her safety and protection. And like all other reasonable people, I'm concerned about the effect on others, both physically and economically, given the certainty of how long this might very well go on. But my anxiety has little to do with specific things 
I'm worrying about. It is the more the result of a busy ministry schedule. I kind of know what he's talking about. He says, I've watched the domino effect of my speaking engagements canceling and with with it more and more white space forming in my calendar. I have a day job. So unlike so many others whose livelihoods largely are entirely dependent on outside work and travel, I am not overly concerned about paying the bills, at least not yet. Instead, I'm realizing that what I was struggling to figure out how to do, namely slow down. The Lord, through his kind providence, has done for me, as has in effect made me to lie down by still waters. Did you get that? What Jared said was, we are all, and I think I talked about this last week, we are all largely used to being driven by the rapids of uh, the hustle and bustle in everyday life. And now that we're somewhat uh, commanded both by human government and by divine mandate to submit to our authorities and all things lawful, we're being forced to lie down by still waters. And do you see the blessing in that? Can you understand the benefit of it? If you can, let me know. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. To be clear, he says, I'm not saying the novel coronavirus is a good thing. It's a tragedy unfolding before us. But in the evil, there can be found some good. For me, it's more margin than I was able or willing to create for myself. I know a lot of pastors are working harder than ever right now, trying to adapt on the fly to this new strange ministry season. He says he polled pastors. Uh, in his coaching cohort this week about how the pace of work has been effective for them, and almost all of them say they are working longer hours now. The cancellation of services in per person uh, and in-person ministry obligations has not provided them significant downtime at all. Perhaps that will change as we develop new rhythms over time and acclimate to the weirdness get the hang of it, so to speak. For others, however, they may have more time on their hands. And that can be a good thing. I heard from some of the leaders at my church recently saying that they've had more conversations with church folks over the last couple of weeks than normal. And what a joy that has been to need the need to motivate, uh, innovate new means of connection has provided a real sense of community otherwise unexplored. And that's a gift. And if you're like me, one prone to busyness and hurry sickness, it might be a grace to be told to be still. With nearly all of my public ministry endeavors on hold, I have a lot more time to spend with my family, to read more books, to write more, to go on walks, to just be. If you're struggling with all the boredom of extra time and tempted to feel unused, think instead of embracing your smallness, embrace the stillness. Don't just do something. Sit there. Very good, very good, Jerry. Three. Uh, the number is one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Three lines are open. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Have some of you been challenged with Psalm forty six, verse ten? I'm going to unpack that theologically just for our blessing over the next this half hour. Psalm forty six, verse ten. Be still and know that I am God. Have you been challenged with that? has uh, basically this mandate to slow down, expose you for hiding among the trees and sowing the fig leaves of uh, carnal and superficial, um, you know, uh, activity, works, justifying being busy 
and not spending enough time uh, knowing who God is. I'm going to I'm going to talk about that, expand on that, explain that. Be still and know that I am God. What a beautiful text. Again, I've got two lines open, one 329 I'd love to hear, hear from you. Three lines, one 3 yeah, three lines open, one 329 Let me go to line number one and talk with Jermaine from Alameda. Jermaine, are you there? Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, how are you doing, man? Oh, I'm good, good. Um, I, I actually didn't know you was on the air. I just happened to tune in, but, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm also, I got to echo the statement I just heard, I, I really, I, I feel it's unfortunate that so many people are afflicted right now, but in my case, I had to say thank you. It was kind of a, a well-needed spiritual reset because mm. I've got myself into a pattern of being so busy and trying to be on top of so many things in, in my children's lives and, and in uh, everyone else that at times I neglected to read the word like I had set out to, and I would mm-hmm. find myself doing other things and then the day is over with, and, and mm-hmm. I knew better. So in that sense, I'm, I'm happy that this is giving me time to reflect. Uh, my family and I spent the past couple of weeks having family dinner at the same time for the first time, and I don't know how long we've been doing mm-hmm. that nightly now. And I'm also I'm blessed in my marriage because I found out my wife and I really do like each other because when you, you're forced <laughs> to spend time together, you, uh, you know, being married for a long time, you can get yourself into a pattern where you ignore whatever issues are in your relationship, but absolutely, you're forced to be in the same house and you're forced to, to occupy the same space for hours and hours. It's going to make or break you. And I was really just thanking the Lord for that because I have heard horror stories, but you know, a lot of it has been revealed to the world. Uh, a lot of people, myself included, found out that jobs were not their source. And, you know, there are people who were lied to about payment and, and whatnot, and who's taking care of them. Uh, I see people having block parties, ignoring the the danger. I, I see all kinds of things going on, but I was just talking with the brother. I'm praying. I'm, I'm just very, very thankful that God has given me this time and revealed a lot of things to me, and his word is still here, regardless of everything going on in the world. People falling into the trap of uh, politics and hanging on every right. word that the president says, that they're a Democrat and that they're a Republican. He didn't say anything wrong with it's just hey, at this point, I tell friends, hey, I just want to hear more about Christ because that, that other stuff is, is here and gone. But right now, we're in an unprecedented time, and it's real. It's real for us. So I'm, I'm actually thankful for this time, for uh, what God has revealed to me. And I know he's still he's still there. He's hanging out. He, he hasn't gone anywhere. I kept myself occupied to the point where I wasn't reflective of what he was trying to say. So I'm, that you know, that's what I have to say about that. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful, man. Um, have you been able to keep up with our with our ministry at GBC? You know, we get at it two or three times a week. Yeah, um, actually, as a matter of fact, uh, unfortunately, a couple members of my immediate family have some severe autoimmune issues, so they oh. they really do have to be careful. We have to follow protocols that that uh, OSHA has laid out because my my wife actually works with them and. Everything is decontaminated. They they cannot leave the home unless it's an absolute emergency. So we've had to watch online. We we, but again, I was blessed. Uh, my daughter heard me listening to the uh, prayer meeting, and she thought, "Oh, it's at church time." They were ready to come sit in front of the TV again. I was like, "Wow, I never, I never thought I would hear that." So we're going to, if anything, we'll we'll be worshiping multiple times a week together, and, and 
it's just been a tremendous blessing for us. But I know you guys are hitting me. I've, I've been paying attention uh, to every service. No, that's that's what I mean. That, and I'm glad you're calling because I'm going to kind of push that dialogue today um, uh, on, on all points, man. I mean, I'm really I'm, I'm going to frame it. Uh, I'm going to frame it, Jermaine, because, you know, once we heard the news, um, you know what I did on um, on on the Sunday, our last Sunday that we were together, we were strategizing for. Uh, you know, for for uh, social distancing, and we're going to have two services. I don't know if you were there or heard about it, but we're going to have two fifty in on uh, at the ten o'clock service, and then do a two fifty uh, head count in the, the um, you know in the regular eleven thirty service, uh, so that we can continue gathering. But you know, that same night we discovered that. Um, you know, actually a couple of days later that we weren't going to be able to meet. And so immediately I had to think through what is the strategy going to be? And so I said, you know, I already did want to get back into the book of the revelation of Jesus Christ and really help a lot of our new members get a foundation in the Christocentric hermeneutic of the book of Revelation. And we've been doing that. And, and I have been just deeply appreciative of this time because we've got thousands of people listening or watching this you know this is a new medium for me i don't really know it well all i know how to do is get behind a podium and kind of look at a camera now but that's because i do talk radio so i talk to thousands of people on monday like i'm doing with you and i don't have to actually be physically in people's presence to be able to to do my job but what i am recognizing along with everything else that you said is how um how this has the, uh, this has been an opportunity for us to get closer to God, to listen better, too, and uh, and to take notes uh, during this downtime. I, I want to call this a Sabbath in the midst of in the midst of tribulation, and definitely I'm going to hit on all the points: the relationships. Me and my wife have had to hang out more um, on a more intentional level uh, and do things together. Uh, just kind of chill. I want to see if I can maximize that a little bit more. Um, leveraging that in a number of areas. Same thing with my family. We we get a chance to chat and talk. And uh, so it does have its blessings. And so I, I really want to encourage you guys to hang in there and uh, keep, keep, uh, keep being refreshed by the gospel, by your love for each other, by, um, by your interaction. And when we come up out of this thing, you know, we'll, we'll be able to see each other uh, in the flesh, as the apostles would say, uh, enjoy. So listen, man, thanks for the call. I will chat with you real soon. Let me go to line number two and talk with Ross from San Francisco. Ross, are you there? Ross from San Francisco, yeah. are you there? Uh, yes, I'm, I'm here. All right. I need you to cut your radio yeah, down, my brother. Oh, sure will. Uh, yes, I, I, yeah, I just wanted to uh, comment that I think this pandemic um, is, is, is uh, the silver lining of this is an opportunity to bring a lot of those who are lost into the fold. But I, I, I wanted to just remind your audience of uh, a few scriptures, and you just talked about uh, Psalms 4610, mm -hmm. but uh, second. Second Timothy one seven, Romans eight twenty eight. Mm -hmm. I know Isaiah, both of them. Yeah, and uh, Isaiah forty two ten, and I'm mm -hmm. sure you know. And I, I just want you know you to rem remind your audience of that. 
because the Lord didn't give us a spirit of fear and that he's in full control. I agree for I agree fully with you, but let me challenge you on something. Not so much as challenge, just kind of pr- push the envelope in terms of uh, how we would impact the unbelieving world in a state in a situation where basically social distancing almost justifies you know no close encounters. How, what are the pragmatic measures that we would employ as believers to to reach them? I have a few ideas because, you know, we chat with our neighbors, too, and I'm loving that. But but what would be some of the measures that you would be using, Ross, to, to chat with the uh, unbeliever in this time? Well, um, just having the technology that you have to, to reach a large audience mm-hmm. at a time when, you know, people are basically dumbfounded from the president on down to you know, the crackhead on the streets. Nobody True. really knows how, how this is going to turn out. True. But, you know, I, I don't have any answers, but, you know, when people are fearful, they they, they, they want to find some kind of... Um, solution. Solid, you know, a solution, yeah. I and, agree. And, I, and, 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 and that, that's the, the thing for me. You know, I am a Christian. Yes, but, sir. You know, I, I, and uh, I... I don't have any answers, but I, I'm just, my comment is that that, that that is the silver lining that they're going to find that only God has an answer to what's going on today. I agree with you, brother. I agree with you, and I'm, I'm sure everybody else listening has once again been reminded that no matter what we're going through, uh, the Christian doesn't take his armor off, neither does he cut the light off. Um, and neither does he stop feeding men and women the only food of life, and that is the bread of life in Jesus Christ. And so we'll continue to do that. Thanks for reminding me, Ross, that, um, you know, basically a lot of unbelievers are probably listening to the radio program right now because they don't have anything else to do. And what you said was very much something worthy of praying for you guys, and that is if unbelievers are really trying to figure out what's going on, maybe God is cajoling them to listen. And if he is doing that, then we want these kind of programs to have a deep enough theological richness to be able to help them confront the realities of their mortality, their uh, precarious status, sinners under the wrath of God, and the solution of God's uh, infinite, eternal, matchless love in Jesus Christ as their hope and shelter, true shelter for cover in the midst of this difficult time, which is the way we are framing our Revelation studies. Uh, thank you, Brother Ross. I've got three lines open, one 888 I'd love to hear from you uh, along these same lines in terms of uh, how are you maximizing this shelter for cover time? How are you engaging it for your physical rest for your spiritual rest, for your physiological, emotional, and psychological rest? How are you taking this as an opportunity to enter into the exercise of faith and spiritual things to which we've been called uh, and grow deeper in the Word of God? Uh, grow, Learn some more. Read a book of the Bible you never read. Read Habakkuk. Habakkuk is the term. Or Haggai, not Haggai. Haggai, read Haggai uh, for for uh, for a turn of events. In fact, read all of the minor prophets, if you will, uh, and and watch the line of thread running through it, which is fundamentally the just shall live by faith, even in these difficult times. Um, and let the Lord speak to you. 
Uh, when we come back, however, from the break, I'm going to unpack Psalm 46, verse 10, and just talk to you a little bit about the importance of not letting this time be a time where you get paralyzed in the fog of confusion and, uh, and aimlessness because you don't really know how to do what uh, Jared Wilson said is uh, slow, slow it down, slow it, slow it down. And yeah, husbands and wives. I mean, yeah, Jermaine is he's got it right. Glad to have him and his wife and and and, and daughters as members of Grace. Uh, you know, we get to find out how well we can hang out with our spouses and what 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 we can do together. And you know, you get a chance to figure all that stuff out now. Don't get to hide behind the fig leaves of work and activities. So yeah, I've got two lines open: one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. One triple eight. Three six seven five three two nine. Just remember, when I come back, I'm going to unpack the word, and I'm going to take your phone calls on this Monday edition of Lifeline. You're listening to Jesse Gistan um, behind the Attila DeHun today, and uh, we do want to remind you to keep up with us. We are having a definitely God ordained time of deep, deep, rich, uh, deep sea diving into the book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ. Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday at 6.30 live stream. Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday, 6.30 live stream. And then 10 a.m. on Sunday morning, you can join with the thousands who are joining us um, in learning about who Christ is in all of his splendor and glory as the ruler of this universe for the good of the church and the glory of his Father on uh, uh, grace-bible.com, on our live stream, grace-bible.com. I guarantee you, if you've never studied the book of Revelation before, you will not have heard it the way you're hearing it in this series. And I only mean that because we are really trying to make a pastoral and a radically Christ-centered application to your life to show you how relevant that book is to you. Two lines open, one 367 I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. And we are back. The time is 548 on this Monday edition of Lifeline. Two lines open, one 367 I'll kind of frame the question like this. Uh, what are the challenges and the blessings of this coronavirus for you in terms of your social limitations and uh uh, the shelter for cover mandate that we're all operating out of. What have you learned about yourself or about your relationship with family members, etc., that um, that have been positive and maybe even challenging? One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Let me go to line number one and talk with Josie from San Jose. Josie, are you there? Yes, I am. How are you? Hi, Pastor. I'm Pastor Jesse. I'm great. How are you? Oh, great. Actually, uh, you said, what are we doing to pass the time away? But, you know, um, we have a Bible study going, which uh, Rick Santos is our Bible study study uh, teacher. Mm-hmm. And um, he, you know what he did? He, he has us, since we can't meet, he has us doing the studies with you. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. That's terrible. I'm kidding. <laughs> no. So, yeah, so we're really, I'm really enjoying that because uh, since we can't meet, you know, it's, um, but we're getting a lot 
out of it now. You know the what you what you're uh, what you're saying and doing. Mm-hmm. 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 I think that I think it's a good thing. I, I think yeah. I, I mean, no, because I'm you know I'm a touchy I'm a touchy guy. I like touching people. I just I, I like that. But but if we can't, and then you know I like eating too. So you, you know I like eating. I, I want I want to eat somebody's tamales. I want some enchilada. I want somebody's uh, frijoles. I want something. But when I can't do that, then I guess the best thing we can do. Is feed on Christ. In fact, that's the best thing we can do. So I, I'm, yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad Rick has been able to encourage you guys along those lines. But what else? What else is going on with you, young lady? Well, now that we can't, like you said, like I said, I can't do very much. Well, you know, I've already cleaned my room. I threw everything out that I don't need. I'm painting the room. Okay. <laughs> I'm working okay. on the yard. I wow. mean, uh, there's so much to do now, and uh-huh. uh, still. You know, uh, I just don't want to sit here and watch TV, you nope. know, all nope. day long. So nope. just get yourself busy and, and uh, don't get stressed out and, you know, enjoy enjoy the day, really. I, I Listen, so. my wife did that. She, she, she She's just like that. She <laughs> loves being out. Um, so um, at least every other day I'm going out with her. Uh, today yeah. we went out. We were out for two and a half hours in a big arduous hike up in the Chabot Park. Uh, but the weather was fantastic. It was just, it was beautiful. Especially right now. Right now is really nice. Yeah. Now, you're in San, you're in San Jose, right? Right. So, so are you guys dealing with overcast, or is the weather good there? Well, the weather's been good for a couple of days already. It was raining, but we're doing okay. So we can be outside, you know, okay. and doing little things. Yep. But I encourage everybody to do something, not just sit around and. Mope. Yep, I agree with you. I agree with you. Yep. We'll we'll pray we'll pray to that end, and at some point, the Lord willing, we'll get to see each other face to face real real soon. Oh, we will. Okay. Bless you. Thank you. Uh-huh. Thank you. For Thank talking. you. Yes, indeed. Let me go to line number two and talk with Joy from Santa Rosa. Joy, are you there? Yes, I am. How are yes, you? I am, Pastor. Yes. Uh, you know, really thinking, uh, looking at going to our store and seeing the shelves empty and the panic, mm-hmm. you know what it makes me think of? What? The tribulation time and how Jesus wept over unbelief and how he wished he could gather them under his wings. His wings. Yeah, if I don't say it right, correct me, please. No, I'm just, I'm just, no, we're singing, we're singing Bible verses together. That's what we do. Okay, but listen, it's, it makes me think of how to get the word out of the Lord for salvation, and I know you're doing that, and I know I listen to TBN, the Christian channel, and KFAX, and listening, and now you're going to be teaching revelations, and it just makes me hurt for people who don't know him yet and who may go through that time, including my family. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, That's what the shelves, the, the shelf thing to me is is quite eerie. Uh, it's sad because I don't think it was necessary for people to react like that. But like you said, people panic. People don't know. And and and, and think about that. How sad that is when the first thing people do is store up for the flesh and not store up for the spirit in times of trouble. Exactly. 
Exactly, yep. and it just makes me think of when we, when you read in Revelation, you know, and you see what people, I, I hurt for them. Yep. And I, I want to pray for them, because a lot of them will come to know the Lord. Whatever this may be, it may be, I'm 78, so it might be 30 years from now. Right. But it still makes me think about it, because, like, you're teaching Revelations, Yep. Dr. David Jeremiah teaching on yep. Daniel. Yep. <laughs> Yep. You know, it's yep. fresh in my mind. <laughs> right. I agree with you. And, and we all should know. And, and you know, I, 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 we should know. I'm old enough now. I'm not a baby anymore. I'm, 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 I've spent more years living than I probably will unless the Lord wants me to be 120. Um, and I do know that we are moving uh, in a direction towards the winding down of time as we know it, so that these are the beginnings of a kind of birth pang uh, yes. contraction that leads to uh, a real um, a real uh, crisis in eschaton for the people of God, and we need we need to know it. A lot of people don't want to have to ex- they don't want to have to accept what we're saying and what I'm saying, but. Um, the contraction pains of a woman when she's about to give birth, as you, as you probably know, I certainly do, but not as a female, but I've seen it over and over. You have a couple months be- before uh, before you start going into, um, you know, um, labor where it's quiet and, and then all of a sudden a contraction here and a contraction there. And then after a while, the contractions increase in frequency and then eventually they increase in intensity. And God has made it very plain to us that that's the way he will precede his coming. The increasing of contractions, which is what happens when we enter into ecological abnormalities, whether diseases or earthquakes or uh, perils uh, that are way larger than any of us collectively can, uh, can thwart, hinder, or stop. God is definitely warning us through his trumpets to prepare for his bold judgments. And if, if we don't get it, then that really is going to be ultimately a sad thing. And the only ones who will hear are humble hearts who realize that the problem is far greater than they can handle in themselves. And that's how God works. He, he, he resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. If humble people will recognize that these kinds of things that are happening more frequently and with increased measures of intensity are designed for them to truly and earnestly seek the Lord, they won't be deceived or they won't be surprised should he enter us into a full-blown tribulation period. Because um, the people of God will know those who are wise in the salvation will get the signals. Those who are not will not get the signals. Listen, Joy, thank you for the call. Uh, we will all be praying for, for, for our unsaved loved ones, family members, children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, because they don't know what to do with this stuff. But the believer does take it to the throne of grace in prayer. Thank you for your call. Let me see. I might be able to get another one before we go to break here. Let me go to line number three and talk with Venus in Hayward. Venus, are you there? Hey, Pastor Jesse. It's me and Duran. How you doing? Went to say hi. It's been a while. I'm, I'm glad to glad to hear from you guys. Are you guys out and about? No, we're actually at home. We're okay, good. You know, okay, good. Working and, you know, we're just doing, like that lady said, Getting things done around the house, so 
y'all 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 getting along hold on are y'all are you are you and duran getting along by yourself in the house stuck right now under this shelter for cover uh process is this a blessing or a burden for you what is it baby? it's a blessing it's, it's really good. It's good. all right good Excellent. So I'm glad I'm glad to hear from you. I'm glad you've been able to come up out of the uh, watery missions of uh, deal, dealing with the elderly to um, to take some time to um, let us know that you are, are, are alive and well. I'm glad you guys are doing that. Yeah, it's been an ebb and flow and it still exists. Um, but oh, yeah, you know of course. It gives you that, you know, balance. Hold on. You hear me? He gives you that kind of balance, and then you have to be still and know that he is God because you're going through the storm, and then you, then it smooths out. So yep, that, that is exactly like it. Yeah, and then looking at this particular situation, I just feel really at peace right now because I kind of came through the storm about you know a month ago, yep. and just feeling like. I mean, I don't feel, I know we have to do the social distancing, you know, whatever, but I'm talking to people in line. Like, you know, we go to Trader Joe's, right? I've seen you there before. And I'm just like, hey, I'm going to talk to you, you know? <laughs> and just talking to people, talking about, mm -hmm. uh, people mm -hmm. understand end times. I talk about that movie called The Thief in the Night. You remember that? Sure, Pastor sure, sure. Yeah, I watched that as a teenager. And mm -hmm. so we are now in those times, and it just kind of just makes you reflect and just think, like, wow, God be with us, God will provide all the scriptures, you got to stand on them, you know, so. Absolutely. Um, I think that this time, actually, in terms of the social distancing is good, because what it's done is just kind of weed out uh, the the excess foliage of crowding, and when you when you can weed out the excess foliage of crowding, you have room to breathe and then room to see people for who they really are, and then you can have conversations with them. Um, uh, Trader Joe's is all of our spot. You know that that's home for all of us. And um, uh, the last time I was there a couple of days ago, me and my wife, I was talking with the um, with the checker, and we were having a, a you know very very earnest conversation about how good it is for him and them not to have to rush to get, you know, the food items checked and then get to the next person. He was just happy to be able to have a conversation without the drudgery of, um, of, of the pressure of time. And yeah, we're in a line. Okay. I'm six feet back or maybe five or maybe four, you know, but we're talking. And we're engaging, and and that's what we should be doing anyway. And so, in a lot of ways, yeah, I get it. I definitely don't want to get sick, but you know, you you want to be able to commune with people and uh, and engage with them because you never you never know which person is going to be that one that says that one particular thing that's going to open the door for us to talk about Christ. You never know. That is so true. Mm -hmm. And I know, and we and we live by a park, so I haven't seen so many people in the park with their kids. That they, they have their backpacks. Families are going on hikes, and you know, and which park is that? Where, which park are you at? Don Castro Park. In oh yeah, in the Fairview. Yeah, yeah that's, I know that park is. is like right down the street from our home, and so yeah, a lot of people are walking in the park. Walking dogs. I mean, people walk their dogs there, but we see new people, you know, yep. because of this. Yep. So yeah, you're yep. right. It, having conversations and just not being rushed, you know, yep. like, I got to yep. get here. I mean, I got to go there. It's just peaceful. Yeah. 
It really is. I, I, I appreciate that because it is. I, I've spent a lot of time in the country, and if people don't know what country life is like, mm-hmm. now they do. Now they do because you don't have the... Um, you don't have the lo- you don't have the traffic that we did before in terms of you know at two o'clock three o'clock it's all kind of tri- traffic up and down Grove and A Street and, and Redwood Road right. as you know it's quiet now on the freeways it's nice and quiet um, and, and 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 there's a good distance between everyone everywhere and this is how it is in, in country towns in Texas Louisiana uh, small towns uh, you know in in the South. This is how it is, and people have a sense of friendliness and comfortableness. And I, I'm sad to say, you know, once the social distancing thing is let up in the shelter of cover, uh, we're going to miss this. We're really going to miss this because it's a, it actually is a, a real blessing in a lot of ways. Be the same thing. Let me ask you this, Pastor Jesse. What do you think about the auxiliary part of it, people going out, you know, um, buying guns and thinking I'm going to protect myself and that's extreme. I just that's extreme. It's extreme. Okay. No, I know it for a fact. I, I know it for a fact. Okay. I, I I have to actually take a break. But one of the things that I did many years ago, and I'd love to expand on it, is the Lord cut my theological teeth as a baby on false Adventism, and that is. Mm-hmm. Um, the notion of um, major chaos and, and uh, societal uh, disruption leading to um, <clears throat> vandalism and hostilities and, uh, you know, kind of a precursor to the end of the world. We got all kind of movies like that that have been played out again and again and again on TV, The Purge, and where people are, you know, mm-hmm. storing up tons of food, getting their guns and pistols. It's okay to have protection. It's okay to have food. But I I, I, I am I am completely averse to that for so many reasons. I'll try to talk a little bit about that after the break because it's wrong. Okay. It's wrong for us to miss the real alarm and then do the carnal thing instead of the spiritual thing. I'll see if I can make mm-hmm. some good on that. But in, in reality, if you really want to get some of this, like I stated to everyone, we're teaching in the book of Revelation right now four days a week, Tuesday night, 6.30, Wednesday night, 6.30, Friday night, 6.30, Sunday morning, 10 o'clock, live stream. Thousands of people are watching us, and I'm dealing okay. with this stuff in the book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ because we need to know how to understand the times and then how to appropriately address them. Otherwise, we we are we can waste some really good opportunities. In any event, listen, love you too. Bless you guys. Okay. We'll talk soon. Uh- Okay. Right, your family's doing okay. Your family. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We're good right now. We're good. Thank Blessings. you. Le- yes. Okay. All right. I've got to take a break. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. I think I've got one or two lines open. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. We'll be right back. 